Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a Green Up Morton podcast. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All of our panellists appear in a personal capacity and as such, any views expressed are personal to them. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of the Just One Carnato podcast. An emphatic 5 0 win away at Dunfermline yesterday. Doubles for centre backs Darrell O'Connor and Jack Baird rounded off by a goal with Michael Garrity. So, joining me to analyse this one, we have Mr. Chris Dodds. How are we? I'm very good, mate. Thank you for having me on. It's always nice to be talking when we've had a right scudding, given out. <laughs> or sorry, a pasting. a pasting is the word I used yesterday. Another another 5 0 pasting of Dunfermline. Um, aye, big, big result. I think we were obviously were, we were talking off air there. I think, given aye, I think given the way things were going, I think both of you would have been quite content leaving, leaving East End Park with a point yesterday. Uh, definitely. Um, even though. Even though um, the form's been so good since the end of November, you're sitting there going, Dunfermline has historically been a very tough place to go. Even when Dougie had the team flying in his first half season in charge, um, and Dunfermline were absolutely rancid, went up to East End Park and managed to scrape a point in the end. So, uh, obviously not got Gary Oliver in the team anymore either, so there's your guaranteed at least one goal. Aye. Not there anymore either, so um, aye, it was... It, it's a very tough place to go, and even looking after the uh, after the game, the the person who does the, the Dunfermline match reports was looking back as far as twenty fourteen, and prior to that, for the last time they conceded five goals and lost by a, a margin of five goals. Well, it was and against us, Dougie's second game, wasn't it? Well, at East End Park, I mean. Aye, East End Park. It's not. Yeah. It's not happened. It's not. It's not happened for a long, long time. But tell you what, so. Exact same starting eleven as the the three now win over our both. What did you make of that? I uh, no complaints to be honest. Um, obviously, speaking to Dougie during the week, it was quite evident that that Broadfoot's not wasn't going to be back fit for the game. Talking to yep. Kirk as well, um, sounds as if it could be not when I say a wee while. I don't mean months and months. Um, I think it's just going to take a wee bit of TLC to get him back up to back up to hundred percent. It's just one of the one of the awkward ones for him. Um, it's I mean the team started. The, the, the team that started against that both kept a clean sheet. Yeah. For the the time that they that they were all on eleven for, Alan Powell's been very very good for the last six weeks, and yeah. so has Ian Wilson. They complement each other very well in the back four. Is getting a run of consistent games together without being changed. So, um, not like I said, no no surprises, no complaints, and <laughs> it paid off very very well. Yeah, and I think it is. We've got that. We've got that core of a. We've got that kind of settled core now. When you look. The defensive unit, that's now, what, nine nine clean sheets out of 13 games? Yeah, that's correct. And it's a ridiculous stat, if you think about it. Which <laughs> like, is... That's league winning, like winning form. I was going to say I was hoping that we had done it on the podcast, or maybe not go that far, but I would quite like to know when the last time we had a... I did kind of run a defensive performances like that was. The Dunning so, not say recently, it was something like 40 odd years since that happened. Aye, but I mean, it's, it's got better since then. I think that was just before the Abroath game he had said that, so... I think you might be having to look further back in the history records, but yeah, I think you look at it's a very settled defensive unit. You look Mullins been Mullins had a tremendous season. We've now got that kind of settled back four. I think it's been been really unfortunate for Broadfoot to get I think the timing of his injury as well because he was on a tremendous run of form just before he got before he got injured. I dare say with the the kinase that Broadfoot is, it maybe does take a, a little bit longer to to heal and maybe get him back up to match sharpness, but. 
again, it's a very, very good option once you can get him back onto the bench. It's another very capable defensive option. But you look, Mullen, the back four, and then obviously kind of Power and Gillespie kind of tend to interchange with each other. As that defensive unit, very, very capable players, and we've seen it in recent performances. It's actually, I think it's an upgrade on, on last season's back four. And mm-hmm. if you wanted to call it a back seven, Goalie and the two in front of the defence, including the back four. I think it's an upgrade. You look at Power. Power was playing for a for a, a team that was comfortable in the Premiership last season, and he played thirty games in the Premiership last season. Um, Tyler French was a mainstay in the Dundee side that ended up winning the Championship in the end. And Lewis Strap is a is a known quantity who has probably benefited from having that competition of Callum Waters in there with him because yeah. I don't think he had. I think he was kind of. When Mark Russell came back, he had a little bit of competition, but even at then, you're sitting there going, even if Straps had a five or a six out of ten, you're not going to be dropping him because Russell just didn't suit the system at the time. Yeah. And going to Ireland and coming back, he just wasn't the same player. So, um, and that's no slight on Mark Russell, by the way. Um, <laughs> before he canes me. Um, no, I think Mark Russell's a very capable player. I think it's obviously we were real, we were going to struggle to bring in someone with the capabilities of Grimshaw at the right on the right hand side, but. We are at a point now, French maybe didn't impress and maybe struggled to adjust. He's, he's still coming back from a kind of career or an injury. But you're starting he's on a career-ending injury because he's, yeah. he's had three metal bolts put in his, in his shin to keep it together. Yeah. Um, and a big metal plate, so that's quite... That takes a while to get over. I don't think people, yeah. I don't think people appreciate that. I know he's not no, the absolutely. biggest... I, I know some of the, the members of this podcast aren't the biggest fans of him, but um, even just learning to walk again with, with that sort of metal work in you and your system will be quite quite a challenge in itself. So the fact he's managing to play at a decent level at all, I'd say is a testament to Tyler French. And um, we're now seeing the the game intelligence and um, the defensiveness that he possesses. Yeah, and it is. It's, it's part of a set back four. He's playing, you know, he's starting every week. He is, he's, he'll start feeling more like himself as well. And there, there's definitely still a few levels to come out of his game. And I think you look at, if he can get a good run of games between now and the end of the season, then I think we'll be finishing the se- he should be finishing the season as a, a really a really strong player and a good fit into this side. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. So tell you what, look at the first half. I think we were, were again we we're kinda of talking off air that we really we raced out the blocks, didn't we? Oh, it was it was rampant. Um I was sitting I was sitting by, by Gareth who does the, the, the social media updates. Um I was sitting there going, for we've really come <laughs> out the blocks here and I've been getting a, a, a and I just got a glare of don't don't jinx anything here. Um <laughs> and I was sitting there going, nah, that's that's actually been like just absolutely pummeling them in the first ten minutes, which is something that if you were you up at the first game at East End Park? No. No. So the first the first ten minutes of or the first fifteen minutes of that game up at East End Park. Back in September time, I think it was. Morton didn't get a kick for the first fifteen minutes, and he just looked second to everyone. Aye, and then I even remember the first, watching it. Even I the first five minutes at Capo, even the first five minutes at Capo was the same. And you're sitting there going, "For they're popping it." I know it really good, but it was absolutely it was role reversal this time. Like Morton just looked as if they were puffing their chest out, going, "Nah, this is this is our time now to, to dish it back out." And why did they do, why did they do it in the first ten minutes? Because they were so many balls into the box and just winning the ball high, like. No letting O'Halloran or Edwards go and really stretch their legs. It was yeah. I don't think I've seen a, as dominant a start from Martin all season. And I think it's I dare say the coaching staff probably I would say the coaching staff probably emphasised the need for a good start because like you said, the, the games that we've played against Dunfermline this season, Dunfermline have, have been crucial. Yeah. Dunfermline have started the better of the two sides twice and they've ended up going on. I think 
the first goal is important at any level, but I think when you look especially at the Championship, when it is a tight league, that first goal is crucial, and therefore a good start is really crucial. But you look at, yeah, we raced out the blocks yesterday, really, really, really pleased with it, especially in the first half, really, really energetic in the press, really aggressive. The amount of times that kind of the Dunfermline's defenders were harried and pressed and just kind of fell over, see the way that centre-backs tend to fall over hoping for a foul. Mm-hmm. When they've just and they were just getting bullied, been harried That's off all the ball. They were just getting bullied. Yeah, and you look that first half. Aye, the amount of times that we've just went, we've set, we've pressed, and they just they had absolutely no answer for it. And I think so look, regimented as well. Yeah, and I think it's probably to Dunfermline's detriment again. Something we kind of spoke about before we we hit record. If Dunfermline are going to have this recruitment model of young players who have maybe never experienced that before. Or just even men's football. Imagine yeah. your first game of men's football, you're coming up against somebody like George Oakley, and then Robbie Muirhead's running at the side then when you get Rab Crawford behind them. Aye, you know, you've got you've got Muirhead and Oakley barging you about, you've got Crawford and Wilson, you know, Crawford, Wilson, Blues, not letting you take a second touch on the ball. That's that's a lot to ask for of these young guys, and mm-hmm. it's a big, big chance for them to take. And I think you look, Dunfermline obviously had a, a really good start to the season, and now they look as if they're banging trouble. They do look as if they're bagging trouble because that's now another attacker that they've lost in Craig Whiten, who went off injured after half an hour, maybe yeah. 36 minutes. Aye. So, um, hopefully, again, who's going to blink first? Their injured, injured boy's going to come back? Or are things going to change the other way? You know, it's it's a fine line. So, probably the first and last time you'll ever talk about this, we're a centre-backs tucking home a kind of cross-come short just on the six-yard line. What, sorry? The first goal. A what, sorry? A kind of cross-come short, I believe is the term. It's <laughs> uh, a PG-13 podcast. <laughs> I don't think you can say that. <laughs> um, no, Poacher's finished for Darrell O'Connor. Um, Robbie Muirhead is just that full move, actually. Um, yeah. Alan Power winning the ball back from O'Halloran, then uh, dropping the shoulder one way. And turning back on himself to get himself a yard of space was very good. Um, I've noticed it quite a lot in the last couple of weeks in particular, that when you've got a wee bit of pinball going on in the middle of the park and you've maybe got the six of the opposition and Jack Baird playing a game ahead tennis over the halfway line, after maybe about three or four goes, Alan Powell goes, nah, enough of this, and he'll bring it down. And he always manages to find a yard of space when bringing it down as well. And he'll oh, yeah. pass comfortably. Like He's, got, he's very, very good at that. Um so he's very he's obviously picked up that second ball and just that full move has been very, very quick. And again, Robbie there'll be some like a last inning to, to maybe look at this as to how many goals that um Robbie Muirhead and Robbie Crawford have contributed combined this season, like whether they're setting each other up or you know what I mean? Vice versa. Well, you... it'd, be, it'd be quite an interesting thing to find that out because Robbie Muirhead's quite keen to find that out as well. Um, <laughs> you love your um, you love your Cadden and McHugh goal contribution start from twenty twenty, don't you? Oh, between the two of them it was uh, Morton scored fifty goals and was it all like thirty four or something involved in one of them? Uh, exactly. Like um I Cadden had scored twenty five contributed to like twenty of those though, or twenty five, something ridiculous like that. But these two are like on their own wee it's like the next rendition of that and um Muirhead is quite rightfully um tried an early try to catch Ben Mehmet cold yeah. and he's not quite caught it right but O'Connor's just kinda lingered at the back post and, and followed it in. Like you're sitting there going, Yeah, fair play by the way, that's it's actually a great finish. One that George Oakley would have been quite proud of, I think. But it's also it's the right decision because you look at so often you'll see strikers in the box kind of at that angle they'll maybe try for power or 
the right decision's always going for the far post because whether the keeper gets a hand on it, as you've maybe seen with the second... There's um, got to be somebody following it up. It hits off the post. It does. It gives that chance for the ball to get finished in the second. So, also, I, nine times out of ten, you see a striker maybe lunge to that late and end up with a head in their hands and you're sitting there going, oh, gamble there. Go ahead, gamble. Daryl Connor's just known where that's going straight off. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Muirhead will say he's had a shot there, but I think it I was think a shot. I think he's went to hit it. I think it was a shot. Yeah, but absolutely excellent. And then I, um... you could tell from that first ten minutes, by the way, that Muirhead was on it. Oh yeah. I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could see that on the stream, but um, I think he'd, um, he'd he'd won his first two headers against Fagan Walcott and. Um, just the way he was kind of drifting about and having a wee bit of freedom I was sitting there going oh he's right up for us today you know um, but I think again, it's, if you're up against inexperienced defenders they'll really struggle with that movement because Muirhead's movement is it's actually very get, intelligent yeah you don't get many players at this level with movement as intelligent as Muirhead <laughs> Muirhead in full flow is difficult for any centre back at this level to, to guard against let alone guys who aye have maybe only played half a season or a couple of games in senior football ah definitely um, and he can play on either wing as well so if it's not going to work for him on one side they can just cut in on the other and if he's got him Fagan Walcott had Muirhead on his weaker side so yeah. um, aye I think Josh Edwards could have been in for a horrible afternoon if he opted to switch Aye, so second goal, cracking ball in from Strap, good header from Oakley. I think Oakley's probably unfortunate not to get the, the goal. Not to get it's a very good save from. It's a very good save from Mehmet. Yeah, um, and he's probably going to feel a tad unfortunate that it's fell straight at Bird. Yeah, because I mean, I think Oakley does everything right. Gets up mm-hmm. early, you know. Gets up early, pins his man down. It's a good header down into the ground. Aye, Mehmet's done well, but again, it's the benefit of. It's the benefit of following things in. I think when you watch Baird, as soon as that ball comes in from Strap and it's a cracking delivery, I think oh, he's, it's pinpoint. he's put it right on Oakley's head. And but you watch Baird following it right in, and again, that's it's just that's experience. Mm-hmm. That's such a Jack Baird goal, just shining it in for three yards, <laughs> four um, yards out maybe. Aye, they all count. They all count. Aye. And again, he scored his first Morton goal as well, shining it in for a yard out against Allen. Aye. But it, you look at it, it's, it's maybe the difference that Strap's made. I think that, obviously, this goal's came from the right rather than the left, but I think you look at how much more dangerous we look down our left-hand side at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, it came, from, it came from, oh yeah, it came from the right. but It came from the, the right, but yeah, it's it's absolutely credit to Strap for the delivery, but you look at our left-hand side at the moment is Very potent, yeah. He gets a lot of plaudits for his throws, quite naturally, because they are a freak. I don't think you'll get another player with a... He's like Rory Delap with a throw, Um but his deliveries with his feet is actually very good. Yeah, oh no, I think so. And it probably flies under the radar. I, do you know, it's it's maybe one of those things where if people want to just talk about his long throws, that's fine. Aye, keep him, keep him there. Um, yeah. Keep, keep, but, he's quite happy. Um, but I was speaking to, obviously, did a bit of press with Cut, Cut Broadfoot during the week and I asked him about Strap because he'd came up, my cup, came up against him a couple of times at, at Inverness, obviously, and I went, mm-hmm. have, have you been, obviously I know he's been a mainstay at Morton for the last five years or so, but how how good Jinky is like Jinky's got what it takes to, to make that step up and, and go and have a really good career and, and just straight away he's like ah he's got everything um, just sometimes you need that bit of luck and he's, he's just not had it yet so there's, he's, he's, I, I do think there's a, a lot of growing recognition for him just now which is quite nice to see I think so and I think he deserves it I think there's maybe still maybe still one or two moments in game where he's maybe a little still a little bit too high but yeah just caught that yard too high yeah but you look at the age he is Aye, do you know he's still got time to get that right? And it's even if you were to go in if a bottom six champion if a bottom six premiership team were to take a chance on him, 
I don't see that as being a deal breaker. I think the only thing that might work against him is his height. Absolutely, absolutely. But when you look at the amount of the amount of teams in the bottom half of the Premiership that play with wing backs in a back five, I think that's maybe where you do look at Strap. I think so. I think so. Um, but we'll see. But He's here till the summer, he, so <laughs> that's all we need to think about the now. Aye, and it is. It's. I mean, if we keep going like this, we will be. Uh, yeah, well, we'll not get ahead of ourselves there, but. But no, tell you what, so we'll move 40 on. Points, 40 points. <laughs> so, aye, we'll kind of go, I'm kind of conscious of time where time's marching on here, but aye, third goal, what do you reckon? <sighs> Scootaboy stuff. Aye. Um, just in that, that is a traditional ramming in the box, isn't it? Oakley's obviously brought down the, the free kick, and yeah, he's tried to get his shot away. You've had to see a bodies just fall over each other, uh, try and do anything to get there, and... And O'Connor's just went, nah, I'm having this. He's powered through all of them, poked the ball out of the, the clutches of whoever and just rifled it. And again, Mehmet can do anything about it because he's on his line and O'Connor's got the full goal to aim at, basically. Yeah, I think the one thing that struck me about that goal, obviously the, the absolute desire from a corner. I know it's a cracking ball in from power. You know, it's again, it's it's pinpoint onto Oakley. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if you're, if you're McPake, you're tearing your head out. Especially as a defender himself. Uh-huh. They've let it bounce. They've not cleared the lines and they've hit it off each other and then they've let somebody in the six-yard box in the middle of the six-yard box just to go in and steal the ball. The fact that O'Connor takes the shot, there's what, two Dunfermline defenders, maybe three. Just standing there. Three of them that are closer to the goal than he is and he still manages to get a second attempt at it. I mean, it's brilliant from O'Connor, but... If you just the... look at Dunfermline's mentality in that situation. Aye, that's just... It's abysmal. It's because kid is like ducks out of water in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I think by that point, I think the third goal was the, after that, it really looked as if Dunfermline's head did win. Oh yeah, for such a young side as well, it's obviously going to be very easy to be quite demoralising when you're getting beat 3-0 at home and there's no sign 3-0 yet. at home, crowd there's on no, your back. Crowd are leaving, you can see the crowd are shrinking. Uh, your famous big billion section northwest leaving as well. Aye. 95% of that was empty after an hour, so... I mean, you look at it, it's, they've just not had a minute. They've not had a minute to settle on the pitch. They're getting pummeled. Aye, fans are on their back. Obviously, things aren't going their way, kind of longer term with the injuries that they've got. But, aye, just, I can't imagine. You would be absolutely tearing your hair out if you were the, if you were McPake and the Dunfermline backroom staff because the kind of general point is I don't think we've had to work particularly hard for any of our goals yesterday. For all, we've no, absolutely just, dominated them. It was just our chances. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could say we've had to work particularly hard. No, it was just that Morton did the basics very, very well. Yeah. And that's all it took. Um, I think if there was, I think if it was a boxing match, the the towel would have been thrown in after about an hour yesterday. Aye. So you then look, fourth goal, Baird second one. Again, I think goal. Oakley's... It's an own goal. I think Oakley's <laughs> really unfortunate. <laughs> I, 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 well, I did post-match with George yesterday and I said to him, I was like, I'll give it to you. And then I've texted Baird there afterwards going, That's over, that was over the line before he touched it. And he goes, no, nah, it, it was on the line. And he was like, like no, nah, it was over the line. I think he said, just for the... He just for the... He said, said Baird goal. And I was like, no, Val would have said it's a Benjamin own goal. But I think... Again, it's it's a cracking delivery in from Blues yesterday, who I'm, I'm actually surprised we've got this far into the record without talking about him. He was absolutely imperious yesterday. He was just puffing his chest out the full game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the two full team were doing that, just strutting about with their, their chest fully. Nah, just have that. Full of, full of confidence, just range of passing, decision-making, just that. Mm-hmm. I've, never, I've never seen Blues... I've so never confident. seen yeah, I've never seen him so confident and I've never seen him unlock a defensive unit 
as effortlessly as he did yesterday. Did you see him when he scooped the ball around O'Halloran? <laughs> like he just generally like scooped under about forty-five, no, ninety. <laughs> Take your time, Tons. Bad maths here. Hundred thirty-five degrees. You just scooped it all the way around down the left-hand side, yeah. the right-hand side. Sorry, and he just went stood on. He went, yep, that's, that's that's me that's done that. And whoever's whoever it, Tyler French, I think it was, scooped it round him, played it, Aye. and Tyler French just put a wicked ball into the box. It was for McGrattan. The chance McGrattan missed, um, and Blaze was just like, yep, just did that. Yeah, quite the and thing. I think again. As if he does it every week. <laughs> and um, it's one of those things that unless you're absolutely brimming with confidence, you don't attempt. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it was a wee bit of showboating, but let me continue because I was just sitting there going the balls of him to do that. Oh, but <laughs> it's cool, it was funny. Really, he's, absolutely, really funny. he's absolutely earned it. I think when you look at when you look at guys who have really dug us out the shit this year, I think Blue's name has to be up there at the top of the list. You look at how many different positions he's had to play when we've been struggling for bodies. Mm-hmm. How many different roles, obviously, earlier on in the season? I, do you know, he's it's been a big, big season for Blues, and he's really stood up and been counted. And he's obviously Grant Gillespie gets the, the name of Mister Reliable, but Blues has only missed one game this season. Yeah, and yeah. he's he's one of these. I think he's probably one of the first names in the team sheet as well because of the effort and the engine that he brings to the side. Um, oh yeah, and, and you I'm look delighted, at I'm delighted for him because there's still elements of the support that hound them for being Cammy Blues and it's, it's really unfortunate actually because they've got a, a, a midfielder who can do a bit of everything and he gives it his all every game and he doesn't hide when even when the chips are down he's not hiding so um, he's one of the ones I want to be in talks over a new contract um, he's yeah. one of the first ones that I sit down with as well because I think he's enjoying it um, I know Dougie enjoys having him in his squad so it would make sense to be trying to tie him down especially when he's in the this is like obviously he's what he's 25, 26 now so um, really in the, mm. the prime years of his career you know and yeah you're starting to maybe something I'd something I'd kind of talked about in the kind of last season and the season before was the need for him to start imposing himself on games and start mm. aye start having though he's always had little moments of it but it, I think the, the kind of main developmental aim for him was it was to start imposing himself and affecting play and affecting how we play over over a ninety minutes, which was yeah. something that he's he's kind of added to his locker gradually over over the years that he's been here. But you're now looking at a very you're now looking at a very capable established championship midfielder. And it, you couldn't blame him if he wanted to try his luck in the Premiership. If he wants to, then aye, he's he's earned a crack at it. Um, Absolutely. And his, his his sort of redemption arc's kind of gone under the radar as well because I think obviously there was a point where there was a point where literally everybody wanted him out the door even when he was playing well and he stuck it out and um, Anton McElhone gave him a chance Gus McPherson stuck with him put him in his team made him his number eight who he wanted to build the midfield around some key assists in that playoff run just to keep the team up and then obviously under Dougie Dougie's only missed a game two games under Dougie in two years so mm-hmm. <laughs> what a player man yeah and it's <laughs> He is, he's, he contributes, and that's absolutely, I absolutely love it. It's long may it continue, because he does, I think when you look at how we play in terms of energy, intensity, he brings all of that, and he's now he's now added the other element to his game, where when we have the ball, he can now hurt, he can now hurt teams. He's starting to get a little bit more understanding of how to impose himself on a game, and how to affect our attacking play, and how to get consistent supply into the forward areas. So it is absolutely all credit to him. Aye, definitely, definitely. So, fifth goal, um, aye, probably 
actually, I was actually just about to say it's from a Dunfermline view, from a Dunfermline point of view, probably the worst goal to concede. But I don't even know if I can make my mind up for that. I think O'Connor's second. If, if, if James McPake was tearing his hair out for the third goal, what hair is he tearing out for the fifth one? Aye, it's um, and it's again, it's so self-inflicted. It's, it's just a total. It's a sign of a team that's in a total head loss at that point as well. It's making all oh, the wrong yeah. decisions at the wrong time. Um, at that point, you're sitting there, right, as far away from the goal as possible. Don't want it here to start playing out. But they aye. were adamant. You look at four when... nothing down. Aye, four nothing down. We've got a good shape there to press. Mm-hmm. So Garrett, he's just come on fresh legs. Your head split the other centre back. Um, aye, at four nothing there, you're just looking for your goalkeeper to shell it. And again, that's the second phase. Then goes back to the keeper. Instead of putting sh- all sorry, the way through it, it's a rubbish strike. pass back to the goalkeeper, which is why it's gone so flat. Aye, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's pass a, with, with no weight panic. on it. Aye, he's just he's like, hey, have it. He's not put any thought behind the pass. He's just flat footed, no spin on it, and yeah, the goalkeeper's had to try and clear it as best they can. The part was terrible. The part was absolutely yeah. atrocious yesterday. So I think um, really, actually, really impressive with Muirhead because. I think most attacking players in that instance try and take the kind of try and take the full back on and, and kind of angle themselves into the box, whereas he's given it to Garrett early and Garrett's done really well. Obviously, it takes a deflection. I think without the deflection, it probably doesn't go in, but absolutely, it's well taken. And someone who's come back from an impressive loan spell and really forced himself into the manager's thinking. Absolutely. Um... And I think Dougie himself probably admits that he's been a bit harsh on Garrity since he's come back um, because he wanted them to do the hard yards and do the dirty work and it was his pressing that sort of won the ball back in the first place. So, um, yeah. aye, but you know, there's, it's there's not, a few headaches in there now. I think when you look at, I know, yes, I'd kind of spotted it against Abroath where we were, I think we were 3-0 up at the time and Garrity's probably 10 or 15 yards higher than he should be for an Abroath goal kick and Millen's screaming at him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely like out barking, like absolutely barking at him, and you go, well, do you know it's a hard school? That's but that's only going to be that's that's only going to be to Garrett's benefit. Absolutely, um, aye, I don't know how that'll either make a break if you've not got to get shouting at you. It's Andy Millen. That's what I mean. That's quite, it, it's quite a prospect, actually. It's a tough school, but aye, it's a guy that's he seems to have all the ability in the world. You know, very composed, good on the ball. Quite good with both feet, which is something that you don't tend to see a lot of at this level. Um, <laughs> aye, do you know he's, he's the way got that the ball sticks to his feet as well. Yeah, that he's a he seems to be a, a really good prospect, and yeah, he's, he's really forced his way in. And it's again as we get into the as we get into the business end of the season, great option given, to have off the bench. Aye, an excellent option to have, and he's I think he's definitely given given the manager a, a bit of a headache. Definitely. So tell you what. Elsewhere in the division, Queen's Park won up at Inverness. Dundee United left it late against 10-man air and then obviously our 5-0 win. So, looking at the table, Dundee top in 48, Wraith second on 44, Partick 37, us in 32, Airdrie in fifth on 28 with a game in hand against us. Sorry, not against us, a game in hand over us. Aaron sixth in 26, Inverness seventh and twenty four, Dunfermline on twenty four, Queens Park ninth, and are both in tenth. Who were you kind of big winners? Big winners, Morton. Yeah, um, there's no doubt about it. Um, it's, a big, big win for, it's a big win for Queens Park. Big win for Queens Park, but with, with Airdrie not playing and Partick not playing, yeah. Morton has now kind of got a bit of daylight between um, daylight between them and Airdrie, and they're now 
they think you can see the tails of Patrick and their goal difference is now looking absolutely cracking considering when this run started the, best, sitting yeah. at, the goal difference was sitting at minus 10 at the start of this run and it's now sitting at 5 yeah That's the fact that we've managed to get ourselves into a positive goal difference in this shorter space of time when you look at how shaky how defensively shaky we were at the start of the gear mm-hmm. how things just weren't clicking and were just felt that little bit laboured I I think that's that's definitely been and again when you're keeping clean sheets the the defensive yourself work, a really good chance the defensive that, that went yesterday was absolutely exceptional that went yesterday was just four points I think just we obviously putting that bit of daylight between Erdre and obviously the, the goal difference um, and you look and all it takes now is for Partick to slip up once and it's down to two two points yeah. so when you now look at up. only only Dundee United and Airdrie have conceded less goals than us in the league this year which is quite baffling considering their, the rate that Morton were conceding to again at the start of the season and it is it's you know look we're getting into the business end if we can keep going about our business in this way aye absolutely no reason why we can't cement a cement a playoff place you look at maybe narrowing the gap on Partick I think it I can't imagine that'll be the message in the dressing room. I think it'll still very much be... 40 points. Aye. 40 points, take it from there. Heads in the game, one game at a time, keep doing the basics well. I think that's that's probably be to this run, is mm. that we do basics well. We do basics to a very, very high standard, and that gets you a long way in the championship. Absolutely. And obviously you touched on Queen's Park getting the win there. Um, aye, big win, because obviously pulled Dunfermline right back into it as well. So, um, I mean, Dunfermline are really... They're looking they're right over their shoulders now. Aye. Uh-huh. Um they're really they've really been dragged right into it. Um and Dundee United getting that one was quite quite helpful as well. Although if you see the standard if you see the standard of Ross Doherty's winning, you're sitting there going if I'm Scott Brown, I'm absolutely fuming at my goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, uh Dunfermline play Queen's Park next in the league, so well, they could actually I... they could actually be really putting a bad place without a paddle if Queen's Park managed to get a result. So Big, big game on Friday night. Motherwell. Sorry, um, there was also, sorry to interrupt, talking about cup football. There was also um, two, se- uh, two <laughs> semi-finals played um, on one on Friday, <laughs> one on Saturday evening. Um, Are you going to continue this podcast's fine tradition of getting it right up Falkirk? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, because the, the wee Welsh team, um, <laughs> the, wee, the wee Welsh team managed to beat them on their own midden. So, um, fair play to the nuisance, eh? I, do you know I, I watched a little bit of it and I think every every kind of criticism that we made of the kind of former attackers, the kind of number tens that can play anywhere behind a, a main striker types, all of the all of the kind of former Morton players that, that appeared yesterday look every bit as powder puff as I remember them being. Oh, I couldn't tell you about that because I didn't watch the game, but um you've actually now got a final that a lot of neutrals may go to. Um, I mean, it'll be a, it'll be interesting. It'll be, a, it'll be a, 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 well, with the new Saints in it. It's obviously geographically where's it going to be played? Is it going to be played Aye. at Palmerston? Is it going to be played at uh, Gallabank? Is it going to be played at Kilmarnock? Aye, the new Saints against the new Clyde Bank. There, uh, yeah, the starts part slayers. <laughs> but I, do you know, it's. I think it'll be this if the likes of the new Saints win it. It's do you then feel, or do you know if it's obviously a flip of a coin whether we go through or not? I'd have fancy for chances are left in the pot. <laughs> Absolutely, um, especially now with the form, the form that that, that we're in. Um, I do think Morton would have been firm favourites. It's something I've talked about quite often on here that I am desperate for us to win that. Um, I want us to get our hand on that trophy, and I think it's something that hopefully next season we can we can have a right good go at. Although the last two seasons Morton have been uh, put out by teams that have made it to the final, so yeah. But yes, on um, yes on the subject of cup matters. Motherwell Friday night. I think it's got 
all the hallmarks of a a right good cup tie. What do you make? What do you make of it? I'm buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Um, cup fever has truly hit this this dodge. <laughs> um, it's not even Monday yet, so um, that's horrendous part, by the way. But <laughs> cup fever has hit this dodge. Well, that's right though. <laughs> I'm buzzing. Um, I think it's got the capabilities of. I, I don't think it's going to be a shock if Morton win, you know. Um, Motherwell are in a bit of a rough patch so now. They've got injuries. Yep. They've got a whole load of new faces bedding in. It's probably We're not right good... saying they'd, um, they'd Paul McGinn playing at centre-back yesterday. Is that right? I'm not. I'll need to double-check it, but I think they were playing a back five with, with McGinn as, as one of the three centre-backs. Well, that obviously shows you they're in a wee bit of dire straits. Um, they've got some very good championship players in their team. Um, and some lower end premiership players in their team who uh, are desperate to get a win and they've not had a win in that long and well, I know they beat Alawa a fortnight ago but league wise um, that that's going to probably play a big part in their confidence coming down I think having if they'd have played Alawa at the Rex it could have been a totally different story um, and they'll not enjoy coming just to Capo just through didn't they yeah exactly um, I don't think they'll enjoy coming to Capo under the lights Friday night on the cameras it's it's shaping up to be a right, a right stormer in my books. Um, yeah, so. I think you look at, I know Motherwell had said on their socials today that I think they've sold 1,200 tickets so far. Aye. So, big crowd into the Dublin end. I hope that we get... I, 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 I hear the capital turns down shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that... I hope that the... I hope the team. I hope the Morton team get the home crowd that they deserve. Absolutely, and if they get the crowd on side, to get that out there. But if, if they get if they get the crowd that they deserve and the crowd are on side from minute dot, then Motherwell are in for a rough night. Yeah, because it's. I would imagine outside of the old firm, I I don't think there'll be a Premiership team who want he does at Capital. No, definitely not. Definitely you know, not. we've obviously discussed whether it's accurate or not, but. The kind of big bad physical Morton tag gets thrown around. We play high intensity pressing football. A Premiership team are, are coming to Capelo. The expectations on them to to overrun us. Motherwell are on. Well, that's I, the you know, top right there, isn't it? All the pressures on them. They're expected to overrun us. Yeah. Let's and show them who's boss. Aye. There's when you've got and again we obviously spoke about it. If you've got Oakley and Muirhead roughing you about, you've got Blues, Crawford, Wilson going Harry and you chasing you, not letting you play your football mm-hmm. and. Aye, do you know it's also wonder now that if down the years we, we we really do owe Motherwell one. Absolutely, and I wonder now that Dundee are out if Tyler French is going to be cup tied. Mm-hmm. It would make it would make sense for him to be cup tied now, would it? No. So that could be another one because it could be a very settled team going into that as well, mm-hmm. which would be and amazing. We, if we can get that resolved, then absolutely in favour of the same starting eleven. Obviously, depending how how injuries and, and how everyone's feeling, but if everyone's raring to go, then I'm absolutely fine with absolutely fine with the same starting eleven. And aye, let's go and play our football and let's go and see where we are. Take the game to them, because they'll mm. not like it. No, and it is if, if we can get the crowd right up for it, I think Friday night should help the atmosphere. Um, aye, I'm very much looking forward to it and... I think it's important not to get carried away. I think we've, like I said, we've been on this, we've been on this run by doing the basics to a very, very high standard. That has to be the aim. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. all we all talking ourselves up, and we can go and do this. We've got to be smart about it. We've got to be disciplined. We've got to go make sure that we set our stall out. Use the confidence that we've got in our defensive unit to our advantage. Make it tough for them, and mm-hmm. then we've got players up the other end of the park who are more than capable of taking the game to them. And they're doing the business on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, I also think this is a better Morton team than the one that ran Motherwell really, really close at Fair Park two years ago. Yeah. Far better. You'll, obviously, 
up there during the COVID season. Um, it's not even the COVID season, it was Dougie's what, third, fourth game? We ran them close. Aye, you then look obviously the, the game up there that in the Scottish Cup a, a couple of years ago, which was again really undeserved. You know, it's it's taken an absolute blockbuster for 25 yards to separate the teams and I think we definitely owe them one. But aye, to get us in, we've got to give ourselves that platform. You look at the Ibrox, the trip to Ibrox, we defended Stoutly. very, very well. And we take a lot of confidence from that. We've got a good defensive record. Aye, we know what we're capable of. It's just a case of making sure you're still in the game and, and giving yourself a platform to build off and take it from there. Absolutely. Yes, so we will leave it there for this week. I think just before we go, one last encouragement. Get yourselves along on Friday night. £18 for an adult. I think that's for, for the sort of cup tie that, that we're looking at on Friday night. I think £18 is a more than fair price. Um, I'm also not here sorted. Craig Dunning get made an absolute full of by Robbie Muirhead by sitting on your couch so uh, get down pay 18 quid and uh, see Dunning go don't shoot oh you bastard he scored <laughs> <laughs> but I do you know looking forward to it obviously the turnstile the old turnstiles have been unboxed entry problems should be resolved get everyone in get the place rocking and hopefully a big big result to follow so yes Thank you very much for joining us, Chris. Pleasure's all mine, mate. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. Well, that's the show, folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at The Morton Forum. Give me